Hello, this is Leah Rose, and I'm going to be continuing my application to the Witchcraft Guild of North America. First off, I would like to thank the Guild for allowing me to continue my application. So today, it looks like I will again be only answering one question, which is to describe one or more experiences with witchcraft that have been influential to me. Well, that shouldn't be too difficult. I can think of at least one right off the top of my head. Maybe two if I try. Well, the time I remember the most was probably a few weeks after I moved in with Hazel, Era, and B. We'd spent those weeks really getting to know each other. I mean, of course we had started learning about witchcraft, but Hazel had told us that she was probably going to find a few more girls for the coven, so we didn't want to get too far without whoever was going to be joining us later on, so that we were all on even ground once we had a complete coven. And in those few weeks, I learned so much about my new sisters. I learned that Bee loved to wear her dark curly hair and two buns on the top of her head, and that her smile feels like a sunny day. I learned that she can sing like no one I've heard before, and that she's wanted to be able to do what we're doing ever since she read about it in a book when she was just a little kid. I learned that Arrow was the oldest of all of us at 15, only two weeks and five days older than Hazel, and she left home when she was 13 because of her not-so-great family. I learned that if Hazel hadn't found Era, then Era would have become an astronaut and explored the universe. She tells us that she still gets to do that now as a witch, but just in a different way than she had expected to. And Hazel? Well, I didn't learn much about Hazel. Still don't know that much now. But she told us that she wanted to protect us because it was her who started this all. She talks in riddles like that all the time, and I'm never entirely sure what she means when she gets like that, but that's not important now. And I'm getting off track. Our introductions certainly aren't the most important part of the story, and you're not even here to listen to me talk about my sisters. The important part of all of this is what really happened that one day. It was just a normal day at first. It was a weekend, so the four of us weren't doing much of anything productive, having taken a short break from practicing our craft. And then, in the middle of an otherwise quiet afternoon, the phone rang. Hazel was the closest, so she picked it up and put it on speaker. As soon as we picked it up, a girl who sounded about my age answered, and she started talking about some newspaper ad, and she honestly sounded really scared. I had no idea what was going on, and it didn't look like B or Era did either, but Hazel did. She pushed the three of us away from the phone, and he got really serious. I can actually remember most of what Hazel told the girl on the phone. She told her not to be scared and to come to our apartment the next afternoon. And then she hung up the phone and acted like none of it had happened. And as you would expect, the girl from the phone call showed up the next day. She was nervous, but had already gathered that much from hearing her short phone conversation with Hazel. But what was really worth noting about her was that she had this sense of extreme confidence just simmering beneath the surface. It was just enough so that it didn't seem like it was hubris. Now, some of the details from this day are a little fuzzy, but I remember one thing vividly. 
As soon as the girl from the phone call was let into the apartment, Hazel took her into her bedroom and closed and locked the door behind them. And of course, B and Aaron and I were all confused. As far as we knew, Hazel didn't keep things from us. And sure, the four of us had only known each other for a few weeks at this point, but there's already quite a bit of trust there. And as much as I would love to tell you that the three of us just went back to what we were doing before, I cannot do that. What I can tell you is that the three of us did our best to quietly press our ears up to Hazel's locked door. But none of this is really the important part of the story yet. So we'd been trying to listen in on the conversation between Hazel and the girl from the phone when we started to hear raised voices. I hadn't really been able to understand much of what was being said before, but the yelling got enough of a message across. B, Era, and I all backed away from the door just in time for the girl from the phone to throw it open furiously and march towards the door. Hazel ran after her, trying to stop her from leaving, but as soon as Hazel grabbed her wrist to slow her down, the girl ripped her arm away and just a wave of energy exploded from her. And I think that to this day, that was the most magical energy I have ever felt in one room. It was like time just stopped. I could feel all of that energy just buzzing around the room like electricity, and I have never felt anything like that before. I guess that's all I can really say about that. I mean, after all that happened, Hazel told us that she had put an ad in the newspaper in order to find more members for our coven, and that the girl from the phone call, whose name is Darcy, was the first person to even respond to the ad. I'm not entirely sure why Hazel didn't tell us about that, but I guess it really doesn't matter now. Darcy is now one of the most advanced members of our coven, with her magic that is very rooted in her emotions. But that's not really that important either. You see, what I'm trying to get across is that, as a young witch, only having studied magic for a few weeks at that point, the insane amount of power that Darcy possessed even then was, if I'm being honest, quite motivational. Well, I guess motivational is only one way to think about it, or say it at least. I guess Darcy's innate talent for magic made me want to be better at what I do. So, I'm going to assume that that counts as an experience with magic that's been influential to me. But, just in case it isn't enough, I have another story that I certainly think will count. This one is actually a bit about Cass, my neighbor, who I, uh, mentioned in my last tape. This happened about a year ago, which was just after Cass and her mother moved in. My sisters and I had brought some cookies or something over to their apartment and offered to help them unpack. Cass's mom told us that she didn't need any help, but that we should go and visit her new fortune-telling shop that she was going to be opening around the corner. And my sisters and I knew that her fortune-telling shop would probably be nothing but smoke and mirrors, but we politely told her that we would love to and went on our way. As soon as we got back to our apartment, all of my sisters decided that we were, by no means, to go to our new neighbor's fortune-telling shop. It was obviously because they all thought it was stupid. 
and that some amateur shouldn't try to mess with magic before going through a proper education. And so my sisters wholeheartedly decided that this woman obviously wasn't a proper witch, which made her not worth our time, I guess. But I didn't really see their point. I mean, first off, we just met these people. I couldn't see why my sisters were so quick to judge them when they barely even knew them. And second, a cheesy little fortune-telling shop couldn't really hurt anything. I mean, if my sisters were right, and there really was no real magic involved whatsoever, then what was the big deal all about? And so I, being who I am, asked them what was so wrong about our new neighbors. But I definitely didn't expect to get the answer I got. <sighs> Hazel told me that if I wasn't careful, fortune tellers could do terrible things. She told me that what she and my sisters meant when they said that people shouldn't mess with magic without a proper education wasn't what I thought they meant. That what she was trying to say was that if someone with natural skills in magic didn't receive proper training, then their powers could be seriously dangerous. Era cut in and explained that if that woman had sinister intentions for her fortune-telling business, then it could mean very bad things. She said that if a powerful witch tried to tell fortunes, then she could use her powers to not only tell one's fortune, but to change it, to bend their future into how she wanted it to be. And let's be honest here, that freaked me out quite a bit, but I wasn't going to let another scary story my sisters told me mess with my head this time. While I didn't want to pick a fight with my sisters, I was also pretty intrigued by my new neighbors. So, later that week, when most of my sisters were off doing their own things, I dragged the newest member of our coven, Annabelle, out of our apartment and down to that little fortune teller's shop with me. As soon as I walked into that place, I could just feel this magical energy in there. It certainly wasn't the same kind of energy I had become accustomed to over the past few years, but it was a magical energy nonetheless. I wasn't surprised when our new neighbors recognized Annabelle and I as soon as we walked in. She told us that she was going to give us a free reading since we so kindly offered to help her and her daughter to move in and she told us to call her Grace and introduced us to her daughter, Cass, who was the same age as Annabelle and I. And then I saw her. I didn't know it then, but that was the girl who was going to become my best friend in the entire world. I mean, sometimes I still don't understand it even now. I never saw you coming, Cassandra Ellis, but it's the surprise that makes you twice as amazing. Anyways, Grace took Annabelle and I over to her little table and said that she was going to read my fortune first. I was a little nervous because of what my sisters had told me earlier, but I went ahead with it anyways. As soon as she took my hands, Grace's eyes lit up. Not literally, but as if all of this was the most exciting thing to happen to her all week. I guess it took her a moment to, uh, gather her thoughts? But eventually, Grace told me that big things were going to be happening to me. She said that things aren't as they seem to be, and that I shouldn't put too much trust in the people who I think are in charge. Which 
was a weird phrasing of an otherwise simple statement, if you ask me. It honestly felt like a pretty pathetic answer to me. It wasn't really original, so I bet it was the kind of answer that she gives to everyone who comes in. Annabelle didn't want a reading, so we started to head out, both surprisingly underwhelmed by that turn of events. But on the way out, Cass stopped us. She told us that she was sorry that her mom was so weird, and that she still wanted to be her friends if we weren't too freaked out by her mom. And that doesn't seem like anything worth mentioning normally, but when Cass was saying all of this, I could feel Grace watching us from her table in the corner. It wasn't a normal sort of watching. Not that watching your new neighbors is a normal thing to do, but it was the way that she was watching us that made it seem odd. It was as if she could see beneath my skin, as if her eyes saw deeper into me than any normal eyes could see, and it made my skin crawl. But when I turned around to thank her before Annabelle and I had left, she was looking at her tarot cards as if she hadn't been watching us at all. So that's my second, I guess, magical experience. I'm not sure if it really counts as magic by your standards, but it certainly does by mine. And I've gone into that fortune telling shop a whole bunch of times since that happened, but nothing like that has ever happened again. Well, I've answered that question to the best of my ability. I will continue my interview on another tape and would like to thank the Witchcraft Guild of North America again for allowing me to continue with my interview and for considering me for such a good position. Witches of the City was written and performed by Katie Butler. We can be found at City Witches Podcast on Tumblr. Logo art done by Shotgun-Sammy Stevens on Tumblr. You can listen to Witches of the City wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a moment to rate and review us. It'll help even more people find and listen to this story. Also, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash citywitchespodcast. If you become a patron, you will get access to extra character content, early episode access, and more. Thanks for listening.